Let there be a Game 7 of the World Series. This is the Y'all Show here for this Wednesday. And yes, tonight in Houston, there will be a seventh game of the World Series thanks to the Washington Nationals coming on the road and winning Game 6. Steven Strasburg was a genius on the mound for the Nats. And for the first time in any of the major sports history of our country where you have a seven-game series, that would be the NBA, the NHL, or the Major League Baseball units. And for the first time in history, we've got six games in the books and every single game won by the road team. (laughs) What an amazing series going on. And it'll be decided at 6.30 H-Town, that is the first pitch between the Nationals and the Astros in the 2019 World Series. And on the Thursday, y'all, we'll tell you who won and all the other fun stuff. But it ought to be a gem in Houston as we have Game 7. Coming up on today's Y'all Show, we will have plenty of sports talk, but it won't be about baseball when we get to the second part of this hour. We're going to be joined by Jonathan Leifite of 24-7 Sports and CBS Sports Digital as we have our ACC Spotlight. Football plus ACC Basketball. And then when we get to Hour 2 of today's Y'all Show, our hashtag Hullabaloo will be followed by our Nashville Music Line report from Precious Harris. We've got all kinds of good information coming direct from Music Row. All that on Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. I'm John Rawl. So great to have you. If you want to reach us, our website is YALL.com. Our telephone number, you can call or text us 24-7-803-816-1170. We're on a couple of different streaming apps, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, and Apple Podcast apps. Search for the Y'all Show there. Plus, in addition to Y'all.com, we're on Facebook, Y'all.com on Facebook. Like us, follow us. We appreciate the help here as we have another exciting show coming your way. Well, let's look at headlines from across the South. And the 1980s, late 80s governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia, former Governor Gerald Belisles, has died at the age of 79. He was a Democrat known as the transportation governor for his work to clean up the Chesapeake Bay and to increase foreign trade. He died Tuesday morning, surrounded by his family. He had been battling cancer. The current governor of Virginia, Ralph Northam, released a statement saying that Governor Bilal's fought for rural Virginians, promoted civil discourse, and was the epitome of a true public servant. And Northam added that state flags of Virginia will now fly at half-staff for the next 30 days in Governor Belial's honor. And he has, again, died. He was governor of Virginia from 1986 to 1990, pushing through a 10-year, $10 billion transportation initiative during the first year of his administration that required increases in the gas and sales taxes of Virginia. But this former governor, now dead at age 79 to the state of north carolina we go and we have some arrangements that we can pass along for former u.s senator from north carolina Kay hagan who died this week at age 66 a service to remember the former senator will be held this weekend in the city where she lived for decades as the funeral service will be held sunday at first presbyterian church in downtown greensboro north carolina the church service will be open to the public and will be followed by a visitation with the family. Senator Hagan died Monday at age 66, about three years after she contracted a rare virus spread from ticks to humans, leading to brain inflammation that made it difficult for her to speak 
and Walk. She was a Democrat who was elected to the U.S. Senate in a 2008 after a 10-year state legislative career. Hagan served one term before she lost to Republican Tom Tillis in 2014. But her funeral this weekend in North Carolina, a very tragic thing for her to die at age 66 after, again, this rare disease as virus spread from ticks to humans just an awful story there for her and for her family in north carolina to alabama we go and a federal judge has blocked the state's strict abortion ban this came out on tuesday this federal judge blocking the near total abortion ban from taking effect next month and call the law part of a wave of new abortion restrictions by conservative states clearly unconstitutional those the words of u.s district judge myron thompson as he issued a preliminary injunction that temporarily blocked alabama from enforcing the law that would be making performing a abortion a felony in almost all cases the judge's ruling came after abortion providers sued to block the law from taking effect on the 15th of november the injunction was widely expected and will remain in place until thompson decides the full case but that news out of montgomery in the state of alabama more judicial and legislative news this time coming from north carolina judges there this week blocked the state's congressional map from being used in the 2020 elections ruling that voters had a strong likelihood of winning a lawsuit that argued republicans unlawfully manipulated district lines for partisan gain the panel of three superior court judges in north carolina issued this preliminary injunction preventing elections under the district lines and it starts with the march 3rd primary the judges halted the use of these districts less than two months after they struck down state house and senate districts there they found the extreme political manipulation of the line similar to what voters were suing over the congressional map also say occurred that the news from north carolina on that one Supernatural star Jared Padalecki is now accused of assaulting two employees at a downtown Austin bar that he actually owns. The arrest says the officers arrived at the bar early Sunday where Padalecki, who rose to fame in Gilmore Girls before going on to Supernatural, had been charged with two counts of misdemeanor assault with injury. The affidavit says that employees escorted him out of the bar after he fought with two, two people inside. And the affidavit says employees then tried to keep Padalecki out because of his intoxicated behavior. Not the best of news. Travis County, Texas jail records indicate Padalecki isn't being held as of Tuesday, at least. Maybe he's back to being a bar owner. How about that? Going from a actor and star on these shows like supernatural and gilmore girls to uh having your own bar in austin texas actually sounds kind of kind of fun but you don't need to be in the news for making decisions like that and and getting arrested to some political news coming from georgia election officials in the state of georgia could soon remove more than three hundred thousand names of registrants who haven't participated in elections for several years and they can do this and eliminate them from the state's voting rolls unlike past cancellations voters will now receive a notice before being removed under a new state of georgia law georgia's elections director chris harvey said notifications will be mailed to the last known address of inactive voters in early november Voters will have 30 days to respond or their registration will be canceled. A mass cancellation effort comes nearly a year after voting rights became a major issue in the governor's race between Democrat Stacey Abrams 
and Republican Brian Kemp, who won by 1.4 percentage points. It also highlights the state's burgeoning role as a 2020 battleground with two U.S. Senate seats up for grabs. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to weigh in a little bit on this, having been a registered voter in Georgia, but actually I never voted while I lived in Peach State for about 18 months. And I bring this up because whenever they had that contentious governor's race going on in 2018 between Stacey Abrams and Brian Kemp, one day I got a telephone call. I think it was on a Sunday, which really was weird. But I got a, a not a robo call, a real human being call me wanting my support for Stacey Abrams in Georgia. And what's crazy about it was I officially had already switched my voter roll to a different state and my telephone number was from a whole different state. So how in the world would they even know how to get in touch with me, first of all? And secondly, how wouldn't they know that I'm no longer a resident of Georgia? I was really taken back. I was really angry. And I wasn't just angry at the Stacey Abrams campaign. I was angry that how in the world would they even be able to access this information and call me from a non-Georgia number, and now I'm not even living in Georgia, and I'd, I'd already registered. I mean, I guess a lot of people move out of one state and don't register in, in the state they moved to. I registered. I believe everybody, an adult leaving the, living in this country, should vote in your local elections and your state, as well as your federal elections. People have fought and died for that right for us to do that and you should take up that honor of being able to vote and so i vote i made my mistake many years ago when i did not vote because i wasn't really even sure how to do it where i was living and the guy that i thought would win an election easily got beat and so i learned my lesson to never skip out on elections and i want you to do the exact same thing here in 2019 into 2020 and beyond you gotta vote But it is very weird how names, I guess, like mine, who were official at one time, who are no longer official, do states talk to each other? I guess is my question. Does Georgia and other states where people like me move to communicate? Or is there a failure to communicate between Georgia and these other states? And therefore, you have people like me, maybe still on voting rolls. (laughs) Maybe I should go back to Georgia and vote here in 2020. No, just kidding. I don't want to go to jail for that. Okay. How about this Mississippi woman who's been now found alive in California because she spelled out SOS on rocks? What a wonderful thing for Mary Joanna Gomez as she disappeared last week in a national park in California and now was found alive this week after rescue team spotted that SOS message spelled out with rocks. And family members who told the San Francisco Police Department they had last heard from her the previous day in a text message sent to her daughter detailing the trip to Kings Canyon National Park. According to a press release from the Park Service, Gomez was a traveling nurse in the Bay Area who arrived at the park on Wednesday, her day off last week, and was expected to work on Friday but never showed up. And search teams went out across the area looking for her. And that's when, on Saturday evening over the weekend, a park ranger located a car in the giant forest of Sequoia National Park along the General's Highway. And there they found on Monday a C-130 aircraft operated by the California Air National Guard spotted SOS spelled out with rocks on the ground just over three miles from where her vehicle was last seen. And this Mississippian, I don't know her town that she's from in the great state of Mississippi, but found alive. And she was found in what's been described as rocky and steep terrain there 
in California. But good news, she's okay. And SOS, see, even this lady at 56 years old knew exactly what to do in this dire circumstance. And congratulations to Mary Joanna Gomez of Mississippi out in California, getting your survival skills in place and and being rescued thanks to all those involved in a successful effort there in California. A man in Florida dressed as Donald Trump at a Halloween fair evidently got punched by a 14-year-old in the face. What's going on with this man and his Halloween? Can you not dress up as Donald Trump and, and not be assaulted? Well, that's what evidently happened to this Florida man. Again, dressed up as DJT, Donald J. Trump, and a teenage girl that hit this man, an unknown victim at this point. The victim was waiting in line at the haunted house at the Collier County Fairgrounds with his wife and stepdaughter, and a 14-year-old girl walked up and punched him in the jaw. And according to this man, she laughed and ran back to her place in line with her four friends. The man walked over to the teen and asked why she'd hit him. He said, I told her I was with my family here to have a good time. Despite the girl's motivation there, she said it was her sole motivation was to strike Trump. That, according to the deputies, he was booted from the fairgrounds and may be facing a misdemeanor charge of battery pending an investigation. You don't go hit anybody, even when they're dressed as our president, Donald J. Trump. To Texas we go, and Cody Jinks has now had to cancel a Nacogdoches concert after he received a threat of violence. This is the singer, country singer, who has performed at the Austin City Limits Festival and more, and as a native of Fort Worth, ended up having to cancel this concert because of this threat of violence, tweeted that it was with much regret and aggravation that he and his band would not be performing at the Nacogdoches County Exposition and Civic Center because of this threat. We are here, set up, and ready, but we have been notified that there has been a threat of violence issued for tonight's show, is what Jenks tweeted. Local and federal officials are handling. And according to an NBC affiliate in Tyler, Texas, the threat was received by the Expo Center on Saturday morning. The threat was made by telephone, apparently through an online app, and made reference to doing violence during the concert. Sheriff Jason Bridges of Nacogdoches County, Texas, said that his office was working with the FBI, Texas Rangers, and Department of Public Safety to investigate the incident. Cody Jenks promised to make up the concert to fans and to keep them updated about when the show will be rescheduled. But an unfortunate thing, again, he was there in Nacogdoches ready to perform, but did the right thing there. You, you don't have much of a choice, especially what we know from what happened in Las Vegas not all that long ago. A woman texted her father every day after his death four years ago. And so she, this 23-year-old Arkansas woman, Chastity Patterson, she texted her father continuously for the last four years after he died. She kept his memory alive through daily text messages. The 23-year-old would text the number of her late father every night, describing the events of her day, and she just wanted him to receive the messages in some way. And although Chastity Patterson texted the numbers every day, she never received a response until this week. You see, on October 25th, the night before the anniversary of her father's death, she sent another text message, this time recounting her year so far. Hey, Dad, it's me, she texted. Tomorrow's going to be a tough day again. It's been four years since I lost you, and not a day goes by that I don't miss you. She wrote about how she'd been beaten cancer and was keeping up with her health how she'd finished college with honors, and how she'd survive after having her heart broken at the end of a relationship. 
and she wrote about how making it through all of the hardships would make him proud because they had made her a stronger woman. And to Chastity's surprise, this text message actually received a reply. Hi, sweetheart. I am not your father, but I have been getting all your messages for the past four years. The response read, the responder introduced himself as Brad and told Patterson that he had lost his daughter in a car accident in 2014. Since then, he said her daily message had kept me alive. Brad also told Patterson that though the daily messages through those, he watched her grow and go through the hardships over the years. Pretty amazing story, don't you think? This is like something out of a television show or something. That coming to us from Newport, Arkansas, there with Chastity Patterson. What a heartwarming story, even though it's got to do with tragedy on, on both ends. And now our final little news headline, and this one comes from the humorous category. To Vestavia Hills, Alabama, just around the corner from downtown Birmingham, Everybody was worshiping like they normally do this past Sunday at the Vestavia Hills United Methodist Church. And then just out of just like right out of that Ray Stevens classic from the 1980s, the Mississippi Squirrel Revival. Hallelujah. A squirrel was on the loose at the Vestavia Hills UMC. And the senior pastor, Bill Brunson, explained a squirrel decided to join the praise and worship via a stained glass window. And this squirrel made its way through the balcony and people were screaming and people were going crazy. They ultimately got this crazed squirrel out of the church. But yes, you can't help but hearken to the Ray Stevens Mississippi Squirrel Revival. In fact, the pastor even referenced that when he got back in the pulpit and a few laughs there on this Sunday morning service. But yes, the squirrel that went berserk, not in Pascagoula, but in the great little sleepy town of Vestavia Hills, which really isn't so sleepy <laughs> in Birmingham. By the way, I was in Pascagoula Thursday last week. Lovely place. Had a great time. Didn't see any squirrels when I was in Pascagoula. I saw a lot of squirrels the last time I was in Vestavia Hills, and that was just last month. So, yeah, yours truly gets around the south, and I got my eye on those darn squirrels. They're, they're out of control. Luckily, no one was hurt in the Vestavia Hills squirrel incident of 2019. Well, that will wrap up our headlines. When we come back after the break, we will switch over to some football talk as Jonathan Leifheit of CBS Sports Digital is going to be on to talk ACC sports. We've got football and college basketball to get to with Jonathan. That's ahead. You don't want to miss out on the fun. Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon? Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting. Lay down on me and we'll talk about it. Oh, Purple Mattress, you know how to support me. Hey, I'm just a mattress doing my job. You're more than that. You're a Purple Mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your Purple Grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic, hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through. If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund. And give up the best night's sleep I've had since I learned to walk? No way. You're the only one I want to come home to. Purple Mattress. You two can come home to a Purple Mattress by texting OFFER to 84888. And now for a limited time, receive a free Purple product with your order. When you text OFFER to 84888, that's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. Please do not text and drive. See purple.com for terms and conditions. 
Hey, Greg, I'm so sorry to hear about your brother's heart attack. Thanks. He's okay now, but it really got me thinking about my family. You know, could my wife still pay our mortgage if I had a heart problem? Or could my kids still go to college? Well, that is really scary. Yeah, you should call my life insurance agent at Health IQ. When I got life insurance for my family last year, they saved me 41% versus any other company I looked at. 41%? That's huge. Yep. Health IQ starts by shopping everyone with the top 30 life insurance carriers to make sure they can get the lowest retail rate. Then they apply their exclusive healthy lifestyle savings, which can save you up to 41%. I literally got a million dollars in coverage for my family for just $36 a month. Just $36 a month? Yep. You should check it out at healthiq.com slash easy. To save that much money, I'm going to call them right now. What's that link again? Healthiq.com slash easy? Yep. HealthIQ.com slash easy. North Carolina did it again last week. Welcome back into the Y'all Show, our ACC Spotlight. We'll talk a little football here momentarily. And in the next segment of our ACC Spotlight with Jonathan Lifeite, we're going to talk a little basketball. We're just days away from the start of the new season, and we'll let you know about some happenings on that front, plus the latest with the women's ACC basketball goings on. All that with Jonathan Lifeite to come. But right now, we start off this segment talking football as we're getting ready for week 10 of ACC. But let's go back to last weekend real quick just to remind you in case you were doing chores, getting ready for Thanksgiving or whatever you might be doing, probably shopping for a Halloween outfit. In case you missed it, Clemson walloped BC last weekend 59-7. The Miami Hurricanes came back and beat Pittsburgh 16-12. FSU with a good win over Syracuse 35-17. Hey, the Louisville Cardinals are on a roll. The Cards defeat to UVA 28-21 and the aforementioned North Carolina Tar Heels they get the victory bell in Chapel Hill as UNC defeated Duke 20-17 to and now Jonathan Lifeite of 24-7 Sports and CBS Sports Digital gets to weigh in on last week and all the other happenings of the Atlantic Coast Conference hello Jonathan Hello there, John. How's it going? Oh, it is going good. Your summation of week nine of ACC football well, I, I thought there were two results that really stood out to me as, as surprising. And the first one was uh, uh, Miami goes on the road and beats uh, Pitt 16 to 12. Um, they actually score a late touchdown to actually win that game. And uh, um, I, I really didn't think that they had it in them. I thought they were getting ready to give it up. And, and they rebounded nicely and went up to Pitt and uh, had a good victory. It almost seems like with Miami that if their defense can hold the team to under 20, they're probably going to win but if it, it once once the the other team gets over 20 it's a uh, it's pretty much a given they're not because they're not scoring over 20 uh, it doesn't seem like uh, hardly at all so that was the first one that caught me by surprise and then the second one i thought virginia was probably going to beat louisville on the road but to their credit louisville uh did a great job and and uh and uh beat the beat the who's 28 21 um i did notice that uh, bryce perkins um, it looks like he's he's really struggling with some uh, injury issues, and uh, um, even though he was the leading passer in the game, 
Um, I don't think he's quite himself, and he's got some, uh, I think, an issue with, with one of his knees. So uh, that'll be an interesting thing to watch in, in, in terms of the, the UVA offense because without Perkins, they're not going to be a very good offense. Well, as the Week 10 play gets ready to start here, if you look at the current standings of the ACC in the Atlantic Division, Clemson with a solid 6-0 and conference mark. That's pretty impressive, but Jonathan, they can't pop the champagne quite yet and punch their ticket to Charlotte because there's still plenty of football to go, especially for Wake, as Wake only has one conference loss. And sure, they still have to play Clemson, but I guess Wake Forest controls their own destiny. Yeah, technically, and until they're uh, until they get that second loss and are beaten by Clemson, they they do control it. So if they manage to find a way, and let's remember, uh, Clemson barely beat North Carolina, and I think Wake Forest is a better team than the North Carolina. So it's not out of the realm of possibility, but uh, but uh, I. I I do think Clemson will probably end up prevailing. Well, that's a little bit ways down the road. Wake is 2-1. and one. They still got five games, all conference games less left on the season. Louisville, we mentioned what's going on with Scott Satterfield. The Cards are at 3-2 and two in conference play. 5-3, and three, they're just one game away from being bowl eligible. Nobody saw that one coming. No, they didn't. That was a team that I, I think was picked near the bottom of the Atlantic, and uh, you know, rightfully so. Them and I think them and DC were the two two teams everybody kind of thought would uh, bring up the rear. And and look at them; they're five and three. Satterfield shows, hey, they've got some talent there. They just uh, did obviously didn't have the coaching last year. Jonathan, we got to give these guys a little bit of credit. The Florida State Seminoles, they're 4-4. Four and four. We thought their season was going to be kapooey, and lo and behold, they've got a chance to be bowl eligible with a couple of more wins. Yeah, they're they're kind of hanging in there. They're uh, just, you know, kind of treading water a little bit. I don't think it's still the season that any of the Florida State people wanted or expected, but nonetheless, they, they are kind of trending towards bowl eligibility. BC and NC State are right there at 500. Syracuse has not won a single ACC game, and they're at three and five in AC uh, overall. And then on the coastal side, it's the Wild Coastal. We've been telling you about it all year, and I think I saw a quote from someone who said, "Well, who's going to go to Charlotte and represent the coastal?" And someone kind of was joking and said, "Anybody and everybody," which means that includes Georgia Tech with a one and three conference mark. But I guess. The Jackets and everybody else in this Coastal Division are alive. Well, yeah, the funny part is, is I actually saw somebody uh, laid out a scenario where all seven uh, Coastal teams could conceivably end up at four and four. And if that happens, I would just die laughing uh, at, at the way, way it goes because – um, if there's one thing that this, this, the coastal has been, it's been parity, um, across the board. And if, if all of them ended up at four and four, I, I think that would just be, uh, just desserts for, for what's going on. And, and, and by the same token, they've all been, you know, evenly matched and whatnot, but they've also been evenly mediocre, uh, which is not good for the ACC. Yeah. We Somebody's- thought. We thought Somebody UVA to was going to step up and do wonders here this year, and they've been on a little bit of a tailspin. The Cavaliers five and three, UNC and UVA are three and two, the best in the Coastal Division, but still plenty of football to go. Let's talk about some headlines coming from throughout the ACC in terms of the football side of things. And NC State is going to have a new quarterback as they're turning to redshirt freshman Devin Leary in their game this week against the Wake Forest Demon Deeks, a game against the number 23 program in the country what do we know about devin leary uh well he's a freshman and 
uh, as you mentioned, this is the third NC State quarterback now on the season, and it just seems like uh, they cannot seem to find a, a replacement for uh, for Finley, who ended up in the NFL. And you know, none of none of the quarterbacks have done the job. They they started out. I think it was Bailey Hockman um, was was the uh, was the second quarterback in, and now they're turning to to Devin Leary and uh, Dave Doran has got to find a quarterback because. He seems like their team lives and dies on on that, and uh, right now he doesn't have one. All right, well, we'll find out what happens again. This is a Tobacco Road rivalry this week with Wake and NC State. The Pack going down to their third quarterback of the year with a guy that I guess Jonathan we need to be leery of. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. At All least, right. at least it's not Timothy Leary. No, it's Devin Leary. All right, Jonathan, let's talk about the Miami Hurricanes. They've been a little schizophrenic this year. There was recently an article put up on Bleacher Report about Manny Diaz's first season at Miami is a thorough mess. Now, he he made a mess of it even more when we thought we could write him off by going up to Pitt and winning in dramatic form last week. But has this season been a mess for Miami fo- football? Well, yeah, it has. Uh, but by, by any stretch, no matter what you do with Miami, this has not been a good season for them. And this compared to last year, I'm trying to think back what Mark Rick did last year. Uh, I mean, I think what was he seven and five or something like that, eight and four. Okay, I don't. He had an okay season. They had a lot higher expectations. They had that season, uh, you know, the year before where they had ten wins. And I think they ended up at ten and three. Uh, and and then last year was a little disappointment. And then of course he decides, oh, you know what? I've had enough of that, and he and took off. So this has been certainly not what the Hurricanes expected. What they hoped was to continue to play defense and find an answer on the offensive side. Well, they have continued to play defense, but but they have not uh, done anything on the offensive side. And on top of that, if you look really at, at what's caused their losses, it's largely been special teams. They've had uh, a, just an absolute disaster on their place-kicking side. They've had missed extra points, um, you know, two missed field goals, including what would have been a game winner against Georgia Tech. Um, that one got blocked. Um, and you know, you just, the list goes on in terms of, of, of the mess that they've had on special teams. And so you know, it's been really two of the three uh, units on that team. The only unit that's done well has been the defense. Everything else has been kind of a mess for the, for the hurricanes. Week 10 of ACC football arrived, and Jonathan, we've got a big lineup of games here on this football Saturday, and Wake Forest is going to host NC State in a game televised on ESPN. It's a noon Eastern, 11 Central kick from BB&T Field. What do you think about this one? Um, given the, the NC state has struggled to find a quarterback and, uh, as long as Jamie Newman has kind of gotten his health back, I think, uh, I think Wake will, will, uh, will take care of, uh, take care of business. And again, Devin Leary is going to be your third quarterback for the pack here, getting the start in this game at BB&T. Syracuse and the Carrier Dome has their old Big East rival, the Boston College Eagles, soaring in for a high noon Eastern 11 o'clock kick on the ACCN. Anything you want to say about that one? Yeah, I think uh, I think Boston College right now is is kind of put together an identity on offense, which is pretty typical. They've got AJ Dillon um, and Syracuse. Uh, you know, uh, ever since they lost uh, Eric Dungy, um, they just seem to have lost their mojo. And I think he was a much bigger part of their success and really the heart and soul of that team. And 
uh, you know, him moving on in terms of, uh, you know, graduation and all that kind of stuff. Uh, they've just struggled all together. And I, so I like Boston College in this one. The ACC light Notre Dame Fighting Irish hosts a real ACC member in football, the Virginia Tech Hokies. This game on NBC set for a 2.30, 1.30 Central Time kick on NBC. Mr. Lifehind, do the Hokies have any chance against this number 16 Notre Dame Irish team, which had their you-know-what handed to them last week in Ann Arbor? Uh, Probably not, because one, it's on the road in Virginia Tech, it probably doesn't have what it takes. And two, Notre Dame's going to be kind of pissed coming off of uh, that loss to uh, to Michigan. Did you see any of that game last weekend? I did, and, and Michigan just absolutely dominated them up front. I mean, it was, you know, particularly uh, the defensive line of Michigan just had their way with uh, with Notre Dame's offensive line. It was it was quite an impressive showing, actually, by, by Michigan. I was surprised. Can you see the Gobblers having a pretty good effort on their defensive line against Notre Dame's offense? Well, or vice versa, whatever way it was. Um, I, I probably not. I just don't think they're that good, okay. and uh, they're not as talented as uh, as Michigan. All right, it's the wide left, wide right rivalry as Miami goes up to Doke and takes on the Florida State Seminoles. A game set for a three thirty Tallahassee time kick on ABC. Too much uh, schizophrenia on either side of the ball to even begin to figure out which which team to pick. I mean, you know, Miami loses at home to Georgia Tech. They they lose at home actually to Virginia Tech. They go on the road and beat Pitt, Florida State. I mean, they're schizophrenic within a game. So there's no way I could you could even think I'm, I think about picking who's going to win this one. It's the upstate of South Carolina rivalry between Spartanburg's Wofford Terriers and Clemson, South Carolina's Clemson Tigers. The Tigers come into this game ranked number four in the country. Wofford's kind of re-identifying themselves after they tried to get away from the triple option. They're back into it on the FCS ranks this game, televised on ACCN, beginning at 4 o'clock Eastern Death Valley time. Memorial Stadium in Clemson right there along the banks of Lake Hartwell. Can the Little Terriers come pack a punch against the Tigers? Not a chance. Okay. He said it. Pitt is going to be at Atlanta as Bobby Dodd Stadium hosts this battle between the Panthers and their rambling wreck of Georgia Tech. Tech had an off week last week. This game will be on ACCNX beginning at 4 o'clock. Atlanta and Waffle House time. Jeff Collins' team, they look to make it two in a row against the Pitt Panthers. Two wins in a row at least since they won before the off week at Miami. What do you think about this matchup? Yeah, this is going to be interesting. Is is Georgia Tech improving, or did they, or did Miami just completely lay an egg? And and I, you certainly have seen some improvement on the part of Tech and uh, uh, going through the course of the season, at least from my viewpoint. And then you've also got Pitt, who's a who's a pretty good team, but finds inexplicably finds ways to lose games. Uh, you know, if they probably shouldn't over the years. That's just been a hallmark of. Uh, of playing for Pat Narduzzi. So, you know, this game could go either way. It's a coastal game. That's just the way it is. Yep. Well, Jonathan, you and I have had many discussions through the years, much to your chagrin, about uniforms. And if you don't mind, could I give the athletic department at Pittsburgh a little love? Sure thing. They have made it easier for people like me who recognize that Georgia Tech truly was 
gold and sort of navy blue before Pitt came on the scene in the ACC. And for the last few years, it's been pretty difficult when you see highlights. And Pitt had sort of the Georgia Tech look. Well, it looks like the Panthers have gone back to the old Tony Dorsett era sort of blue that was used then, along with sort of a goldish looking color, a more yellow color. And it yep. sure makes it a lot easier, Jonathan, when I'm seeing highlights, knowing that that's Pitt and not Georgia Tech or any other team that uses gold and navy. Yeah, and they also looked a lot like Notre Dame as well. So, you know, from that perspective, yeah, I like the the old pit uh, that particular color. I think that that's the t- that's the color that when when you know when fans think about Pitt and the success they've had, and they've got a very storied tradition. When you go back and look, that's the color they associate it with. I'm not sure why they went to the navy and blue, but but I like the kind of the I guess the lighter blue with the with the more the yellow color. Um, I, I definitely like that better than uh, than their, the other colors. We'll for call them. that Pitt Championship Blue because back in the 70s, that program did bring home a national championship to the banks of the Monongahela. Our fine, final ACC matchup here this weekend, week number 10 of ACC football. It's a rivalry game as the Cavaliers head into Keenan Stadium and Virginia visits North Carolina, a game set for 7.30 Chapel Hill time on ACCN. We talk about schizophrenia in the Coastal Division. Jonathan, what in the world is going to happen in this one? Uh, your guess is as good as mine. It'll be a close game, though. I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. Um, the game being played in uh, Chapel Hill, I believe. So i uh, probably give the, the edge to the home team, but not by much. And it wouldn't surprise me to see UVA uh, rise up and, and have a good good showing. But uh, I think UV, UVA is going to live and die with, with Perkins' health. And if he's uh, you know having a better week and recovered a little bit from the some of the knee problems then then they could they could pull it off but right now i I like i think i like the tar heels on that one and with a win unc will improve to five and four overall a winning record one game away from being bowl eligible i don't think too many people penciled in mac brown to go bowling here if indeed that happens this year no they did not and uh i think they mostly i think they expected them them to get maybe three or four wins maybe five if they got lucky and uh right now they're they're trending towards bowl eligibility Well, that is your week 10 of ACC football. When we come back after the break, our ACC spotlight continues with Jonathan Leifheit of 24-7 Sports and CBS Sports Digital. We're going to switch over to the hardwood. We're just days away from the start of ACC basketball. In fact, we've got the entire lineup of that first day of ACC action. That's going to be here before you know it, as November 5th is right around the corner, just a couple of days away. We'll tell you who was going to play that first day and some other news going on in men's and women's basketball of the ACC. That, as our show continues, don't go anywhere. I'd love to hear more. Do you have a card? This is it. This is when you can either let something happen or make it happen with your professional custom card from Vistaprint. And we're now introducing free shipping on all business cards in any quantity. You pick the look, the style, and the statement you want to make in the moment. Now's the time to make something happen for your business. So for a limited time only, you can own the now with free shipping on all business cards in any quantity at Vistaprint.com. Just use promo code 1414. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1414. Mom, I think this doll I found in the attic is cursed. No, its eyes are just very lifelike. Then why does its head keep spinning? 
be my friend forever. Oh, that is scary. You know what's really scary? Missing out on Geico's easy-to-use mobile app. You can manage your Geico policy whenever, wherever, wherever. Let's play with another doll. Or we can just bury it deep in the ground. Happy Geico-ween. Download the industry-leading Geico app today. Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon? Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting. Lay down on me and we'll talk about it. Oh, purple mattress. You know how to support me. Hey, I'm just a mattress doing my job. You're more than that. You're a purple mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your purple grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic, hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through. If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund. And give up the best night's sleep I've had since I learned to walk? No way. You're the only one I want to come home to. Purple Mattress. You too can come home to a Purple Mattress by texting OFFER to 84888. And now for a limited time, receive a free Purple product with your order when you text OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. Please do not text and drive. See purple.com for terms and conditions. Go Deeks! Welcome back. It's y'all. It is our ACC Spotlight now talking basketball with 24-7 Sports and CBS Sports Digital's Jonathan Leifheit. I'm John Rawl here in our final segment of this first hour of the Y'all Show. Reminder, Precious Harris dropping by an hour two with all the news from Nashville, Music City, USA. You don't want to miss out on the fun of that. But we start off talking a little ACC basketball as we're just really hours away from the start of a whole new season. And Jonathan in Winston-Salem, the news not so great as Tariq Ingram is going to be out for the season with a torn Achilles. What do you know about what's happening there with Coach Danny Manning's program? Well, probably not a huge loss for them. He was not a, a heavily recruited uh, recruit, and he's also a, a freshman. So I don't think they were expecting too much uh, too much contribution from him this season. But nonetheless, always sad news to hear when a when a player goes down injured. So uh, we wish him the best. And in the state capital of North Carolina, some news out of the NC State basketball program as NC State guard Blake Harris no longer with the program because of unspecified personal reasons. He averaged 3.1 points and 1.5 assists while playing in 30 games as a sophomore last year. Jonathan, do you remember this name, Blake Harris, from last year? Not a bit, so that ought to tell you what kind of impact. He, I, I, I suspect uh, uh, that nobody will miss him. Well, he actually started out his career for the Missouri Tigers. He's a native yep. of Chapel Hill, just down the road from Raleigh, and now going to be looking for a new home, perhaps, or maybe he's just going to stop playing basketball. Blake Harris, though, you can cancel him out of your program. He won't be suiting up for NC State here in this basketball season. And now, Jonathan, we come to November 5th. It's Election Day in some parts of the South, but we're electing here on this show to talk about ACC basketball.
basketball because that is opening night for ACC's regular season basketball. And Jonathan, here's your lineup for Tuesday, November 5th. The Louisville Cardinals, they are ranked the highest, well, rather, they're the second highest ranked ACC basketball team. They're going to be down at the Watsco Center and Coral Gables taking on the Miami Hurricanes, a game televised on the ACCN that will begin at 6.30 Miami time. The number three Kansas Jayhawks and the Duke Blue Devils get together in New York City's Madison Square Garden on opening night. A game, of course, going to be big time, prime time. It's going to be on ESPN starting at 7 o'clock from the garden. Little John Coliseum, Clemson, South Carolina has got the Virginia Tech Hokies and the Clemson Tigers in an ESPNU game. Again, this is a conference matchup. Both the Hokies and Tigers game and Louisville-Miami ACC v. ACC games. This Tiger-Gobbler matchup is going to set for 7 o'clock in the upstate of South Carolina. And our final game to tell you about on that opening night, it's another ACC battle between the Yellow Jackets of Georgia Tech. They'll be in Raleigh at PNC Arena to take on the NC State Wolfpack, a game set for 8.30 Raleigh time on ACCN. Jonathan, what your what's your thoughts about opening night? Well, I mean, uh, right now, I mean, they've they've highlight, they've really kind of uh, put three ACC matchups, uh, conference matchups out there to to kind of kick the night off, and uh, um, it's really interesting. They have all of those kind of competing with each other. Um, you've got uh, really, really, you've got uh, two games going on at the same time: Kansas and Duke, and then Virginia Tech and Clemson, uh, and then kind of booking in that you got Louisville and Miami, and then kind of wrapping it out with Georgia Tech and NC State. Um, the Louisville, Miami, and Georgia Tech, NC State are kind of the basketball kickoffs for the ACC network. Um, so I kind of kind of understand that. So, uh, But nonetheless, interesting to, to see three conference matchups and only two of them on the ACC network to start out. Hmm. Well, Jonathan, the women are getting ready to start their new season as well, and ESPNW has their own little schedule slash rankings out as we get ready to start the season. Now, I'm going to rattle off a couple of ACC teams that are in women's college basketball's top 25, but the ACC is among the leaders of teams that have a team in the top 25, but it's not because they're at the top of this poll. This is not a very good showing from the top side of things as the first ACC ACC team to even be in the top 25 of women's college basketball comes in at number seven, and that's the Louisville Cardinals. By the way, who's the first couple of teams in this new poll coming out? Preseason Oregon won the defending champion Baylor Bears are at two. UConn is at three. And then you got Louisville comes in at number seven. Other ACC teams making it in the women's top 25, the Florida State Seminoles, they're at 11. They were 24 and nine last year in college basketball the nc state wolfpack check in at number 13 in this top 25 notre dame which has been a real force i think they lost the title game last year to baylor notre dame i guess is having to reload here they're at 16 in this top 25 the miami hurricanes women's team is at number 18 in the poll and then also from the acc that will wrap it up there with the teams. I think it's seven ACC teams in the top 25. Jonathan, are you ready for women's college basketball? 
Absolutely. And I'll note that, uh, interestingly enough, Louisville will be propelled by two transfers out of the Georgia Tech program, ah. uh, both both who have, uh, were uh, de- declared to be, to be eligible immediately. So um be interesting. There'll be some familiar faces for those in Atlanta watching if they watch the catch the cards on uh, on women's basketball. And for Notre Dame, quite a drop, a team that's been a force and won championships here recently in women's college basketball. They're ranked 16 again in this latest poll. But all this preseason, it'll all work itself out but that's what's happening as the women get ready to tip off and the men again in acc play you got a couple of games starting up tuesday within a week we'll have regular college basketball up and going jonathan thank you for your great knowledge we look forward to talking to you next week after all the basketball and football fun all right sounds good you guys have a wonderful rest of your week jonathan lifeite 24 7 sports and cbs sports digital when we come back on the y'all show don't touch that dial we'll have hashtag huddleblue and then we'll go straight to music city where precious harris is all the juicy gossip and scoop and we'll talk to her about what's going on in nashville in our nashville music line report all that ahead in hour number two of the y'all show I'd love to hear more. Do you have a card? This is it. This is when you can either let something happen or make it happen with your professional custom card from Vistaprint. And we're now introducing free shipping on all business cards in any quantity. You pick the look, the style, and the statement you want to make in the moment. Now's the time to make something happen for your business. So for a limited time only, you can own the now with free shipping on all business cards in any quantity at Vistaprint.com. Just use promo code 1414. That's Vistaprint.com promo code 1414. Hey, Greg, I'm so sorry to hear about your brother's heart attack. Thanks. He's okay now, but it really got me thinking about my family. You know, could my wife still pay our mortgage if I had a heart problem? Or could my kids still go to college? That is really scary. You should call my life insurance agent at Health IQ. When I got life insurance for my family last year, they saved me 41% versus any other company I looked at. 41%? That's huge. Yep. Health IQ starts by shopping everyone with the top 30 life insurance carriers to make sure they can get the lowest retail rate. Then they apply their exclusive healthy lifestyle savings, which can save you up to 41%. I literally got a million dollars in coverage for my family for just $36 a month. Just $36 a month? Yep. You should check it out at healthiq.com easy. To save that much money, I'm going to call them right now. What's that link again? Healthiq.com easy? Yep. HealthIQ.com slash easy. I want to keep my heart healthy, so I get my cholesterol checked regularly. And when my doctor told me my cholesterol was borderline, I found garlic. According to my pharmacist, there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. And one garlic tablet is equal to a whole clove of garlic, except it's odor-free. Yep, I'm doing what I can for my cholesterol, and I'm doing it with garlic. Garlic, cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. It's the second hour of this midweek edition of Y'all. Why apostrophe A-L-L? Talk with a southern accent. We accentuate the South. That's exactly what we do, and we're glad that you could take some time out of your busy day to accentuate the South in your own way, and that is via 
The Y'all Show with your host, John Rawl. Hey, we've got hashtag Huddleblue coming right now. Reminder, coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to check in. Area code 615 is where we'll be dialing. And we're going to find on the other end of the line, Precious Harris. And we'll have our Nashville Music Line report from Precious Harris. We are going to tell you some Luke Combs news. He's got a historic feat that he's about to meet here in a couple of days. We'll have info on that. A great country singer that we had on this show a couple months back. I'll have to let you stay tuned for a few minutes and you get to hear a song of his. And we'll tell you about who this is as they celebrate their 65th birthday today. Happy birthday, blank. Stay tuned for who that is. And we'll celebrate that artist. And we'll also share some Tracy Lawrence and Travis Tritt news all in our Nashville Music Line report coming up in just a handful of minutes. Man, it's going to be great to catch up with Precious. You know, last week she was not on our show. We were scared that she might have had a late night the night before as she was at the Musicians Hall of Fame. And I guess it would be they unveiled the honors, but they also unveiled where they put their stars out on the street, I think. So it was a very, very busy several hours for Precious. And then I know she had a hard time getting a ride out of downtown Nashville because they had a darn Nashville Predators hockey game last week when that went on. But we're, we got her this week, I promise. And so you'll get to hear that laugh of Miss Precious and all the news and information coming from Music Row in our Nashville Music Line report. But right now, we begin this hour with hashtag hullabaloo <laughs> good to have this back here on this wednesday edition and this is where if you're just tuning in where we go on social media and sometimes social media finds us and we have the goofiest but sometimes the most educational stuff on social media to share with all y'all like for example this right now from on twitter inspired southerner at inspired underscore south We tell real stories about the South. The owner of this is Kara Kennedy. It's based in Birmingham. And what Kara writes on Inspired Southerner this week, with tomorrow being Halloween, is the Napoleon House Haunted in New Orleans. And that is a landmark there at 500 Chartres Street. That's spelled C-H-A-R-T-R-E-S Street in the Big Easy 500 Chartres Street in new orleans and it's the napoleon house and i did a little research and our crack staff here at the y'all show did some good research and we got to thank ghostcitytours.com for the following information about the napoleon house and it seems that this place is haunted by a spirit that's not so kind to guests who speak ill of the dead you see on multiple occasions the guests there at the Napoleon House clambering down the stairs were engaged in a conversation about how they didn't believe the restaurant that's at the Napoleon House to be haunted, and only to say then that they didn't believe ghosts existed at all. As soon as the words crossed the woman's lips, she felt a hard smack on the back of her head and a heavy push at her shoulders. If she hadn't grabbed for the railing, she would have tumbled all the way down the steps of the Napoleon House. Twisting up to look at her sister, she demanded to know why her sister had shoved her. The problem was her sister hadn't done anything like that. The force which had pushed the woman belonged to a specter who apparently did not take kindly to being told that, that it did not exist. Lights flickered, sometimes even on demand, to questions posed to the spirits. And on more than one occasion, tenants of the Napoleon House have reported being touched or shoved by an invisible force, sometimes even in their sleep. 
However, not everything might be as it seems at the Napoleon House. The former owner there, Maria Impastatoto, once said that despite spending her entire life working at the Napoleon House restaurant, she'd never once experienced any supernatural activity. Perhaps this is because the spirits of the restaurant recognize Miss Mustapato as a loving caretaker of the property and therefore had no wish to scare her. Well, aren't those very kind ghosts there at the Napoleon House? Perhaps alternatively, though, the spirits of this restaurant only take exception to those who aren't part of the family. All this from GhostCityTours.com. And we're talking about the Napoleon House again at 500 Chartres Street in the Big Easy of New Orleans, Louisiana. Now, of course, New Orleans, when you mix it in with Savannah and Charleston, three of our most historic cities in the south, all right there in coastal areas, all with a pre-Civil War, I guess, were big ports in the south. And, of course, have had people from all over the world come there, still come there. And they got a lot of ghosts, if you believe in ghosts in these cities. I know they do, because yours truly, I've never seen a ghost as we get ready for Halloween tomorrow. I've never seen a ghost, but I sure felt a ghost in a historic hotel, the Marshall House in Savannah, Georgia. And yours truly, I'm not staying there at that place ever again, because this hotel there in Savannah was used in the Civil War as a hospital, and I I felt it. I've never felt that feeling in my life. And you know what? I don't want to feel it again, so I'm thinking I'm just going to skip past that place and go find me a Motel 6 somewhere when I'm in the port city of Savannah, Tennessee, or Savannah, not, well, Savannah, Tennessee is a port city right on the Tennessee River, but no, Savannah, Georgia, the two Savannahs, great cities in our region. Savannah, Georgia, when I'm down there in the coastal empire, Motel 6 will be calling my name. Next up on Twitter, we have from Lou Carter at Major Lou Carter, a teacher and a TV lover from SG1 to Veep, also a sports fan. Lou Carter at Major Lou Carter. And Lou Carter writes on Twitter this week that could not embody more what is Southern. Okay, and what they're doing is weighing in on a retweet from New York Times Magazine as NYT Magazine just discovered 7-Up Cake. Bless their hearts. Yes, 7-Up Cake. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? There's a couple different ways you can make bakery products using 7-Up. You have 7-Up Pound Cake. You also have 7-Up Bunt Cake. And I'm sure if you're a good enough cook, you probably can share a few more recipes if you'd like. Now, I went online. There's plenty of different recipes, and I'm not here to endorse any of our 7-Up cakes, our bunt cakes, uh, pound cake, whatever the case may be. But what I am here to tell you, if you're looking to make a cake or some kind of deal with 7-Up, not Sprite, but (laughs) 7-Up. I haven't seen any Sprite cakes. It's all 7-Up cakes. The good news is, if you're looking to try one of these recipes, there's recipes aplenty for 7-Up on the web. You can go Google, do your own research. But I will tell you, if you're worried that you've got to buy a whole case of 7-Up or maybe buy out the whole factory near you that makes 7-Up drinks, one recipe for some of a 7-Up pound cake, it only required a three-quarter cup of 7-Up. That's not even a can. Of course, please do me a favor, and if you're going to make me a 7-Up type cake, don't get 7-Up out of the can, darn it. I want it out of a bottle. I want it out of a plastic bottle at least, okay? And I got to give proper shout out. This was not 7-Up, but I recently 
had the pleasure of going into a great restaurant in Corinth, Mississippi, where I found slug burgers there. And that's a, another subject for another day, slug burgers. But I took my little one in there, and they deserved to get a great meal after the little one just had had their first braces put on. And so the reward for braces is a trip to Corinth, Mississippi. And there in Corinth, you find a wonderful place called the White Trolley Cafe. And my son loved the slug burgers, which got their name because they used to cost five cents. And the nickname for a nickel in the day was a slug. And it's a great combination of a little bit of hamburger meat and a lot of flour and some other things. <laughs> and it kind of came out of the Great Depression. But they still have in Corinth the Slug Burger Festival. And at the White Trolley Cafe there in Corinth, right on 72, you can get a delicious slug burger and a whole bunch of other concoctions. And they also have the little pecan pies made in Jackson, Tennessee, right on the counter in front of you when you're there. But at White Trolley, they also have, not only do they have bottled Cokes, they got bottled Sprite, bottled Dr. Pepper you can have with your meal. And so my son's reward for having his braces put on was a slug burger and a bottled Sprite. Not 7-Up. Sad they didn't have the 7-Up there in Car Imp. But they did have the Sprite that he enjoyed, his first Sprite in a little tiny bottle. Those are hard to find. Yes, you can get Coca-Colas in bottles, but you just don't get that many places that have Sprite or Dr. Pepper or any of the other Coca-Cola type products. Heck, I don't even know if I've seen a Pepsi in a bottle in a couple of hundred years, frankly, if I sit here and think about it. But thank you, Corinth for slug burgers and for having sprite and coke and other products and little tiny cute little bottles they're not cheap though (laughs) i think they're about two dollars a piece but well worth it what a memory and finally here in hashtag hullabaloo as we wrap up our wednesday edition of hashtag hullabaloo jenny rom is on twitter at god georgia peach that's g-o-d-s-g-a-peach a newfound love of running newer love of yoga and i love jesus at God's G.A. Peach. All right, here's what Jenny writes on Twitter this week. All right, Sarah A. Simon on Twitter and at M-I-S-H-S-T-E-E-R, Mitch Steer. Here's my accent. I'm only a little bit Southern. Okay, and what she has there is, we told you, she's a lover of yoga there, God's Georgia Peach. And her video that she put on Twitter this week is her in a yoga studio, and she's wearing a We Do Church t-shirt. I've not seen one of those before, but her video in a yoga studio, I think you got a pretty good accent, and I think you're being facetious at God's Georgia Peach, Jenny Rom saying that you only have a, a little bit southern accent yeah wherever you are in georgia you georgia peach you you're god's georgia peach you got a great southern accent and we love our southern accents no matter what type what variety and right there in that part of georgia you can go see jenny working out doing a little bit of yoga and also loving jesus and maybe doing a little running all while wearing her really cool we do church t-shirt well that's just fantastic well that will wrap up our hashtag huddle blue here on the wednesday edition hey when we come back hey we're going to go from a georgia peach to a kentucky sweetheart no not loretta lynn but precious harris is going to be standing by in nashville with the nashville music line we got all the scoop from music row headed your way as we close out this wednesday edition of the y'all show 
with an accent on all things Southern. Hey, Greg, I'm so sorry to hear about your brother's heart attack. Thanks. He's okay now, but it really got me thinking about my family. You know, could my wife still pay our mortgage if I had a heart problem? Or could my kids still go to college? That is really scary. You should call my life insurance agent at Health IQ. When I got life insurance for my family last year, they saved me 41% versus any other company I looked at. 41%? That's huge. Yep. Health IQ starts by shopping everyone with the top 30 life insurance carriers to make sure they can get the lowest retail rate. Then they apply their exclusive healthy lifestyle savings, which can save you up to 41%. I literally got a million dollars in coverage for my family for just $36 a month. Just $36 a month? Yep. You should check it out at healthiq.com slash easy. To save that much money, I'm going to call them right now. What's that link again? Healthiq.com slash easy? Yep. HealthIQ.com slash easy. Taking it back to the 1980s for that big hit from birthday boy T. Graham Brown, who's officially eligible for retirement today as he's now 65 years young. And that song, Darlene, one of his great ones from his Tina's Happy birthday, T. Now, other birthdays this week in country music. Brad Paisley celebrated on, what was it, Monday with a birthday. Also, Daryl Worley with a birthday coming up on Thursday. Daryl turns 55 years young come Thursday. Savannah, Tennessee's own Daryl Worley. Birthdays coming up here in a couple of days. Bill Anderson, he's going to be 82 years young on November 1st. And then Big Kenny of Big and Rich also has a birthday. KD Lang turns 58 years young on November 2nd. And here's somebody coming on to talk about these stars and more who's never old, never young. She's just perfect the way she is. Precious Harris, author of I Know Country with 366 daily country music questions and answers. You can buy and instantly download your ebook copy at iknowcountry.com. And Miss Harris is also a music career development consultant with an emphasis on new and aspiring artists and and songwriters you can follow her blog at nashvillemusicline.com and also go to the website college of songology for a whole lot more information on her music career development consulting and of course precious has her work each week on y'all.com her nashville music line report and precious i gotta give t graham brown some love it's not only his birthday he's 65 years young he also was recently on sirius xm prime country channel 58 as a guest host on live wire and that should have been named after you because you're kind of a live wire <laughs> that's what i've heard yeah i actually have a really uh on my website i got you know some um on i know country 
there's a video uh, of me asking, you know, I know country. I did a trivia question with T. Graham Brown, and it wasn't set up either. You thought it would be, but it's not. But his, uh, he knew the answer to the Elvis Presley trivia question, and it's so funny. And I said, how did you know that? He said, let me tell you how I know. My in-laws are bigger Elvis fans than you are. <laughs> and I'm like, they can't be. They can't be bigger than me, but I guess they were. But I love T. Graham. I met him in 1994. Like I said, I've been a big fan of his music and his a fan of him as a father, a star. His wife Sheila actually helped you know manage him. Just just really good people, just yeah. good good people. Well, happy birthday, T, the Georgia native and University of Georgia alum, with a big birthday today. Now, on this day in country music, we'll go ahead and knock out some of this stuff with you, precious. I'm moving on. By Hank Snow was number one on the country singles chart. It was his first of seven number one songs. The Nova Scotian back on October 30th, 1950. Also on this day in 1982, both Cephas Hank Jr. had nine albums on the Billboard Top Country Album charts. All at the same time what a feat there and only two years ago heaven from kane brown was released to radio on this day it went on to go to number one for kane brown so there's your country music what happened on this day in history we've got a trivia question we'll get to in, in just a few minutes but precious let's first do some housekeeping we missed you last week because you had a really really late night last tuesday night in nashville (laughs) And I know you weren't out partying, but you were out at a party, I guess, for the Nashville, what was it, the Musicians Hall of Fame? Yes, and my friend, Steve Warner, and your love, you know. He's not my friend, but but I like him a lot. I know. Well, that's one thing that can make us. We're both Steve Warner fans, and he's from Kentucky, of course. I have to mention that. But I actually have a picture of me interviewing him. uh, And my friggin' phone, I don't know what happened. I was interviewing him. I looked down, I had 22 voice messages i was in i had it up my phone my mic up to the speaker interviewing what they were doing the medallion ceremony before the introduction at the stage later on but all of a sudden i looked down i had 22 voice uh messages i kept all of a sudden when i went to turn on the tape recorder 125 voice messages showed up on my phone and completely (laughs) i'm like oh i feel like an idiot and steve was laughing of course his publicist thank god scott atkins is a friend of mine but anyway, but we quickly switched the microphone to Katrina's phone and did the interview. But of course, and my former boss, Teddy Gentry from Alabama, was inducted as Lifetime Achievement. And Steve Warner was inducted as uh, the guitarist of the. Okay. Uh, of course, yeah, with, of course, he told the story of Chet Atkins. And Garth Brooks actually inducted him. In person. In person, yes. And then uh, Don Everly, my distant cousin. His grandmother married my great uncle, so that's how we're kids. But anyway, Don was there. Um, He was very, very weak. I think he's 80, 81, and he had a pink scarf around him. And when I looked twice, I had to look twice to make sure it was Don because I haven't seen him in a very long time. But uh, it just, I was just amazed um, how in the last couple of years that he's just had a really rough time health wise. But uh, it was all good. I've got to. The funny part is I walked into the room and they go, Precious, what the flip, so to speak, are you doing here? I said, what are you doing here? Because my brother's being inducted into the Hall of Fame. I said, no flipping way. Well, it turned out to be my roommate. You remember her, Miss M. It was her ex-boyfriend. And his brother, his older brother, is the guy that helped 
create the Wipeout song. Remember? Yes. And so he was there accepting for two of the members of the safaris, you know. So it was there. So we just had just a wonderful time. And I had to go over and tell the publicist that we weren't German because I got a picture between him and his security guard best friend, who is a security guard for James Burton, which is Elvis Presley's uh, former guitarist. So I didn't want to think I was being a girl, but I, and they and they said, no, I told them, I said, the reason I took a picture, we've been friends for like 30 years, and that was so good to see them. Yeah. And uh, and Rocky said, yes, yeah, so we've been knowing Precious since 1992. Hmm. Yeah, long time ago. Which, anyway, it was just a wonderful night. Like I said, I I had to take, I had to make sure everybody got home safe, and then they had the, and the medallion ceremony went really long because we had people playing like Steve, like Garth, um, when he inducted Steve, but Steve sang for his own self. Uh, Jason Aldean sang for Brooks and Dunn, uh, Rock My World, Little Country Girl. Huh. Uh, yeah, and it was because uh, they were, they got uh, just, just different. It was just amazing night. My head was spinning when I got home, but uh, it ran over a little bit, but you literally had the Walk of Fame like two hours before. Then you had Brooks and Dunn there. You had Don Everly. You had Alabama. You had Paul Schaefer there. I mean, everybody was like the who's who the musicians community was there. That's why I was late. And I'm well, so that's old. fine. We knew that you had a busy night, so it was tough to get you on last week's show. And we understand. And that's why we got you, Precious. You're not just somebody reading off a news wire. You're at these events. You're up till gosh knows how late in the night to cover <laughs> some of this. And you're laughing about it, too. I know because I'm 58. I feel like an old woman because last night I came home early because I did the IEBA, the the world, the, the United States' first most prestigious um, entertainment buyers association. From the Glastonbury Festival to Tacoma Dome, all the buyers and the agents and the people that do anything with live music was in Nashville last night. And my one of my I love Hardy. Uh, as a matter of fact. Um, a little girl from Hardy's hometown, Hardy's mother's her Sunday school teacher. So it was Laney Wilson, uh, Three Doors, I mean, uh, Cadillac Three, Laney Wilson, uh, Shy Carter. But anyway, last night, I said, guys, I love you, but I can't go. So I ended up giving my, my laminate to someone to cover it for me so they can do it. Because I'm telling you, I'm too old to be farting around at 8 o'clock at night. Well, I need to be home. <laughs> you, might be, you might think you're old and you're hanging out there in downtown Nashville, Tennessee, which is an exciting place to be. But Precious, if you need a little boost, a little pep in your step, there's something called Bachelorettes on Broadway going on in Nashville. And I want to know more about that. Well, I will tell about Bachelorettes on Broadway. It was actually, um, it was actually started out as a joke. Oh, really? Uh, yes. And uh, anyway, but what happened is this uh, matter of fact, the guy Willie is actually signed to uh, uh, Black River, the record label of Kelsey Ballerini's record label. You talking about Willie Jones? Yeah, Willie Jones. Yeah, Willie Jones. Sorry. Uh, anyway, better I just call him Willie because he's one of the. He's about the only Willie who said. Believe me, you can tell the difference between Willie Nelson and him when you see the video. Okay. But, they he just decided to make up the song, and when he did, it became it's almost like a parody novelty song, and but the beat and the rhythm is just right down the middle. It's like amazing. But he ended up getting a, a record deal, and I mean a publishing deal with Black River over it. Oh, oh really? And uh, but it's it's like this viral video of all these girls that are really drunk that come in on the weekend, that ride the pedal tavern, that rides all the buses and shows things that they. 
you know, like short shorts and things like that. You know what I mean? So, uh, anyway, but yeah, it's a, it's, you got to hear it. It's, you've got to, got to see it. Yeah. You gotta if, see it. if you've ever been to Nashville in, let's say the last couple of years, you can't forget and can't miss out on those pedal taverns, the so-called party buses where you ride like a bicycle with a bunch of other people and you drink. And a lot of these are women on bachelorette parties and more, and they get drunk. And you'll hear throughout the night, not only Nashville, but other towns across the nation have these things. Now you'll hear the wee. Sounds like the Geico commercial with the little pigs. Yes, it does. And this has now been turned into Bachelorettes on Broadway, a music video you can check out on YouTube from Willie Jones. And yes, this Willie spells his name the same way as that guy, Nelson, W-I-L-L-I-E, Jones. And again, he was signed to Black River Entertainment with a great creative video film right on Nashville's Lower Broadway. Check it out if you get a chance. Hey, we got some number one type news to tell you about right now, and it has to do with Dan and Shay, as they have teamed up with Justin Bieber and have the number one song on the on-demand streaming country songs chart with 14.8 million streams this week. The accompanying video has already scored another 58 million views. The making of the video was kept secret until the last minute. Even those closely involved had to agree to a NDA, a non-disclosure arrangement. And John, uh, Precious, I, w- I want you to weigh in because I think you know a little bit more about that. Yes, my husband was actually uh, had to had to sign the non-disclosure because he was a storyboard artist for the video, yeah. and they told him it was a trio in country music. Well, I'm, because I'm so closely connected to Music Row, I knew Midland had just released something about eight weeks ago, so I knew it was at Midland. I thought, what's another group? And my husband, you realize he's 71 and he's British, so he's not really... He can tell you who the Stones are, but he don't know a lot of country music faces. So anyway. But he should. Going, no, he should, yes. <laughs> Living with me, he should. But, you know, every once in a while, he'll get, I think his, uh, he really doesn't get starstruck, you know, because he's, he did with Steve Cropper, but that's another story. Yeah. Anyway, um, but, and I said, well, honey, I can't be Rascal Flatts because they're not due out for another three to six months. Because I know they're working on their a different project. You know, Jay's got his new red label and things like that. And he's, he said, I don't know. I said, I don't know. I said, it can't be. That's the only trio I know. So a week later, the the producer from L.A. had called and said, hey, we need to give you some faces. And Mike said, well, why don't we just do a couple of three frames? So it gives you the idea, but it won't cost you all that much to do it, to redo what he already did for the video. So he said, all right, come in here. I want to show you who it is, but you got a pinky swear. He goes, I mean it. Don't tell your girlfriend Shannon has the syndicated radio show on CDX. You can't tell it on the show, John. You can't. You got to be secret, secret. I'm like, well, booger, but I will do it. You know, so I look down and it's Dan. And I said, that's not a, a trio. That's Dan and Shay. He goes, oh, really? And I went, yeah. And of course, you know, uh, Dan is actually, you know, grew his hair out. So he didn't look like his normal, you know, mm-hmm. last time Mike saw him. And I said, Dan and Shay, I said, that's so strange. I said, I said, who's the third one? And as he scrolled up, he goes, yeah, who is this? He said, I don't I don't know him from country. He said, is he in country music? I was like, Justin friggin' Bieber. He goes, that's him? He goes, yeah, he goes, you can't tell nobody. I said, okay, okay, okay. I won't tell. But I like to keep my mouth shut for like seven days. You know how hard that was? Oh, man, Precious, you and I, I'm going to have to reevaluate our friendship after not telling me. You, you got to tell me. I know. I wanted to believe you. I didn't even tell Shannon. 
Yeah. And I want to tell her really bad. You know, Shannon, my, my a fellow childhood. journalist that covers a lot of Nashville stuff. But yes, this is for 10,000 hours, Dana Shea and the Canuck, Justin Bieber. And it's also the number one hot country song for this week. It's at number one. Number two is Old Dominion's One Man Band. Luke Combs, even though I'm leaving, is at three. Marshmallow and Kane Brown with one thing right at four. And number five is Matt Stell prayed for you. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Luke Combs, some news about him after the break. As we go to break, as we wrap up our y'all, our Nashville music line with Precious Harris, we have a trivia question. And that trivia question is, can you name the male artist who took the song Watching You, inspired by his son Elijah, to the top of the Billboard Country Singles Chart in October of 2007? We'll have the answer to that that and as promised that luke combs info headed your way as we wrap up today's y'all show mom i think this doll i found in the attic is cursed no its eyes are just very lifelike then why does its head keep spinning be my friend Oh, that is scary. You know what's really scary? Missing out on Geico's easy-to-use mobile app. You can manage your Geico policy whenever, wherever, wherever. Let's play with another doll. Or we can just bury it deep in the ground. Happy Geico-ween. Download the industry-leading Geico app today. Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon? Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting. Lay down on me and we'll talk about it. Oh, Purple Mattress, you know how to support me. Hey, I'm just a mattress doing my job. You're more than that. You're a Purple Mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your Purple Grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic, hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through. If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund. And give up the best night's sleep I've had since I learned to walk? No way. You're the only one I want to come home to. Purple Mattress. You too can come home to a Purple Mattress by texting OFFER to 84888. And now for a limited time, receive a free Purple product with your order when you text OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. Please do not text and drive. See purple.com for terms and conditions. through town just my boy and me with a happy meal in his booster seat knowing that he couldn't have the toy till his nuggets were gone a green traffic light turned straight to red I hid my brakes and mumbled under my breath his fries went a flying and his orange drink covered his lap well in my four years Said a four-letter word It started with S And I was concerned So I said, son Now where'd you learn To talk like that? He said, I've been watching you That ain't that cool I'm your buckaroo I wanna be like you I can't believe it's been 12 years Since that song right there Was atop the charts 
And we're back here with the final segment of our Wednesday, y'all. John Rawl with our Nashville Music Line correspondent, Precious Harris, right on Music Row in Nashville. And to answer that trivia question of, can you name the artist who took the song Watching You, which was inspired by his son Elijah, took this to the top of the Billboard Hot Country single chart in October 2007. What was the male artist that did this, Miss Harris? Actually, my friend was one of the co-writers, and he's one block over from live now. It was Rodney Atkins, and he wrote it with Steve Dean, who's my who's one block over my neighbor here in our neighborhood, and Brian Jean White, who is another good friend of mine. Okay. So, uh, yeah, of course, he also had another couple of number ones too. We're going through hell before the devil even knows. Yeah. And cleaning this gun, come on in, boy. Yeah. Which, which is my dad's motto when I was in high school dating. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. But that was a good one there watching you from Rodney Atkins on Curb Records. And that was number one 12 years ago this wow. week. How about that? Well, we told you we had some Luke Combs news to share. Luke has now tied the record for the longest run at number one in Billboard's country album charts. And on November 4th, he will have topped the chart for a 50th week with his debut album, this one's for you. This ties the record set by Shania Twain's Come On Over that hit the 50-week milestone in 1997. All I can say, Luke Combs, you don't look anything like Shania Twain. No, but he can write like she can, for sure. <laughs> he probably can sing better than her, but he, he doesn't quite have that look. Yeah, didn't have the look. But uh, he actually, I remember Shania, when she first came to town, uh, I remember getting the triple play tour all access laminate badge and it was her and Toby Keith and John Brandon was all on the same bill and they were touring them just like they used to do with the Motel, you know, Etta James and her orchestra, Percy Sledge and his orchestra and Otis Redding and his orchestra. They had the same band, mm-hmm. but they all toured three different shows with the same band. So to save a little money and get them out there, it was Mercury, Mercury called it Mercury's Triple Play. It was great. And two of those of the three went on to be super, superstars. Poor old John Brandon from Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, unfortunately, didn't quite work out for him. Yeah, I think uh, his, you know, his interests become later. And I think it just, I mean, it was a fluke uh, that he even left because I think he was really dedicated. But the, you know, at the time, that's when the, the, CD and the industry started changing. Mm-hmm. Computers were coming in and and things were going. Like I said, we were not prepared when the internet, full on Spotify streaming, all that started happening in the in the in the mid nineties. You know, we look back now, we're like, you know, nobody really took it seriously. It was going to affect the music the way it did. Yeah, but yeah. But I remember meeting John. He was very very nice to me at country radio seminar. I think it was 1994, maybe. Uh, 93 is when they came out, because yeah. I'll never forget it. It was yeah. a CRS, Country Radio Seminar, that yours truly got sicker than I've ever been in my life. I had a oh, stomach no. virus where I was literally vomiting while driving a car going down Briley Parkway, which is not exactly the safest thoroughfare in the world. And I, I, I just had a horrible time. But here's a follow-up to that. We we're talking about John Brandon. Go Google him sometimes, y'all. He didn't make it. He was one of the three of that Mercury Triple Play Tour. But to his credit, he took me to lunch one time, Precious. And, 
And I'm still waiting for either Shania or Toby Keith to take me to lunch. I'm waiting. But yes, now, again, this was a kind of a publicity thing done by Mercury Records to release these three, at that time, brand new artists. Two of the three really stuck and became multi, multi million selling artists. One didn't. That's two out of three. That ain't bad, Precious. So I've got a question for you. I know you don't have the exact answer. I don't know who would have this if there is such an answer. But what is the success rate for a new artist? How many artists end up really sticking? About one in 250,000. Really? That's all? So it's not even 1%? No, not even 1%. Okay. So whenever a youngster and they come see you, you're a music career development consultant, and they say, I want to be the next Toby Keith or Shania Twain, you tell them, hey, you might can do it, but you got about a one in 250,000 chance. Well, I will tell you, I actually had a kid tell me he wanted to be the next Jason Aldean. He's from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, I don't want you to be the next Jason Aldean. I want you to be the first guy Rigdon. Ah. And if you were watching The Voice this season in May, he was first runner up to May Lynn. And, uh, but I put him in the gym. I made him lose 35 pounds. And I actually got him the audition in 2014. So if anybody out there listening, uh, there is private audition that goes on behind the scenes in the music industry. And uh, I've had uh, one private audition on American Idol, and my kid made it to top 25. He's one that's got the record deal with Broken Bow, L.B. Shane Payton. And then my other uh, three that I got with the voice of private auditions, they all made it on Team Blake, which is a little freaky. Hmm. Um, you know. And then a little girl I had in my office uh, about a year and a half ago, jo- Josie. She's actually was on the voice this season. I didn't haven't been watching it, unfortunately, because – like I said, it's just been a little crazy more than usual. But uh, that's what I told Guy, and I said, you've got to – here's your choice. You can look like a star or you could look like a superstar, and that's the choice that you need to make. So you got to get in the gym. you got to lose weight. And he, he told Doug Johnson, who's vice president of A&R at Black River, a couple of years ago when I had a meeting with Black River to get him a deal, he's like, Mama P called me Chunky Mucky. (laughs) (laughs) Tug Johnson, who was with Sony and Epic for many years, and I know helped launch people like Ty Herndon. Oh, yeah, and he also wrote Three Wooden Crosses. He's a songwriter, too. Not not a bad song. No, not a bad song. It's such a small world. And his wife was the secretary at Atlantic when I was interning there, Hmm. Lisa, back in the mid-'90s. So it's a very small world. But he told her, he told told guys, he said, Mama P's right. He said, if I'm going to put a million dollars behind you, the label – he said, you've got to be healthy, mm. you know? And one thing that guys walked off stage, Blake goes, I love your arms, man. I just wanted to bust out laughing because I told him, I said, that's it. You look like a superstar. And he stood out as far as performance and just the, you know, the, what he's, what I've told him to do. He listened to me, you know? He, he listened to you, and he got a little buff, and that's not... He got a little buff, buffing stuff, yes. Now, I got to ask you about this, since we're talking about looking good and people who actually have made it, although it's been a few years since they've been making big records and selling millions and millions, but they still did it in their day. And that would be two guys that I'm not going to say are looking buff and maybe never did look buff, but Travis Tritt and Tracy Lawrence. These two guys were recently interviewed by the Tennessean in Nashville for their Country Mile podcast. These two guys have been friends for more than 30 years, which means I guess they were friends before they actually made it big in country music. 
Oh yeah, they were. Uh, of course, uh, they were. You know, they were coming here in the. See, I think Travis had his first thing in 1990. Yeah. Because I was in his producer's wedding many, many, many years ago. Country Club but, uh, was out on Warner Brothers Records in 1990, and Tracy Lawrence followed soon on a little label called Atlantic in around 1991 with Sticks and Stones. Yeah, and see, they were actually cutting at the same time, but Tracy got shot in attempted robbery. <laughs> literally got the, shot. Literally did get shot in the leg. The bullets, he got shot four times, and two of the bullets, hairline, missed his main artery, or he would not be in here. Uh, so that postponed the release of his record for almost a year before he got back on his feet, because that's when I came in and became his intern. He got shot the year before I was his intern. Uh but it was right in the parking lot there. Um, it was across the street from the Best Western there on Division. Mm-hmm. And it was attempted robbery. I mean, had a, a girl with him. And uh, he got shot. And I'm surprised somebody didn't get shot because Tracy, you know, he's country boy, Arkansas. You know, he, he packed a lot of boys that back then that come from the country up here to Nashville, big city. They they packed, you know. and uh, But I'm it could have been a whole lot worse if Tracy would have been. But, you know, like I said, he protected the girl that was with him, and it is what happened. Yeah. But uh, well, it was postponed it for a year, I think, his record. So that's why they were they were literally neck and neck in the studio. And it's such a small place. We were hanging out at Barbara's together. You know, so we were in that little music circle in 1990, and it was Daryl Singletary singing at the Broken Spoke for tips. And it was Kenny Chesney, Tim McGraw, Mindy McCready, all of them, and in the circle, Travis Street, we were all going to Silverado's and doing the two-step. Huh. It was like in 1990. I mean, yeah. it was like the special kind of magic across Music Row. Clint Black was breaking. Uh, Garth Brooks was breaking. I mean, it was uh, Shania Twain was coming in. Toby Keith was coming in. It was like this. This It's almost... It's almost like what's going on now with the Luke Combs and the Riley Greens and things like that. Yeah. You just had that Clint Blacks was in 1990. You had that class of 1990 that was in Nashville. And it's just a magic you couldn't explain. Well, I had been in the past with you in those early 90s to a place called the Hall of Fame Lounge. And that's just outside of there where Tracy got shot back in those yeah. days. And what an experience. And I will never forget seeing people like Tanya Tucker there and a newcomer that we just mentioned a few minutes ago. I remember introducing myself to him there when he was just coming out. A guy named Toby Keith, of which my old roommate went up to him and said, hey, John, how you doing? So, and, and that roommate ended up getting all his own record deal with Capitol Records. But yeah, he learned quickly the difference between John Keith and Toby Keith, I, I, I reckon. But hey, talking about these two guys from the early 90s, Travis Tritt, Tracy Lawrence, they on this podcast admitted, at least Tracy did, that they don't have stories that they can tell. As Tracy said, not enough people have died. His wife would run me off if I tell stories on him. Yeah. Travis added, I have sworn him to secrecy. He gets a paycheck. Yes. Oh, Trace. Yeah. Trace. Uh, of course, uh, Teresa is uh, Travis's wife, you know, and uh, Becca is uh, Tracy's wife. But I said, I've been to Tracy through all of his marriages and everything. All of his and- controversy. He's the only artist I've ever heard of that got suspended from his record label for some things off the stage. Yeah. But I will tell you, but, but Tracy has a heart of gold, and I, and that's one thing about it. He didn't intentionally mean for it to happen. He's just, that's who he was. And, uh, you know, and that's Tracy's personality, and uh, 
he was a little rowdy. I'll have to admit that. But I will tell you, Tracy's about as true to uh, to us who he is as far as just being super nice and and just always been so good to me. When we were interns together, he always he never treated me like an intern. He treated me like a music business person. Yeah, because I was also. 28 years old when i was his intern i wasn't a normal 20 year old college student you know well tracy lawrence did get in trouble for some i guess spousal abuse and that made the news i remember working mm-hmm. for i worked for the crook and chase show at one time and i remember him coming on there to give his his own personal account of his side of the story and that's when he got suspended from atlantic records and <laughs> yeah. and you know what happened what what happens with a good singer songwriter when they have controversy they have to endure the pain for a while and guess what they if they're good they turn that pain into a song and that's just what tracy did with the song find out who your friends are there's a reason that song hit the radio just after all that controversy he found out who his friends were yeah well you know he brought when he was remember he was before kenny and tim mcgraw yeah of course so they were singing for their hot dogs for uh crazy oh what is his name i want to say crazy call him crazy to um I have a brain fart. But anyways, where they used to sing for their supper on the corner there, the used where the naked statue is now was a is a hot dog stand there. Oh, it was great too. I I, I yes. forgot what it was called, but it was awesome. And great uh, ice cream I think they had too. Yeah, they had, had ice cream and hot dogs and they would sing for food there on the corner, literally. Hmm. And uh but Tracy, like I said, he always let them open them up for him whenever he had a chance. And was just a really good friend. So when he needed some help getting his record label kicked off and needed a song, my friend actually wrote it. Ed Hill co-wrote the song. and um, But they came in and helped him. But, you know, I will say, even though Tracy was involved in the, the spousal abuse, his that, that particular wife was really, really mean to me. And I didn't know that women could be so mean, you know. Uh, but I didn't know at the time that because I was friends with Tracy because of me being his intern before all that went down because I was his intern six or seven years before that marriage happened, yeah. you know? And, uh, but, and, but I never said anything. Like I said, I, I was real surprised that it did happen because I just couldn't see Tracy being that way. He's always been so nice to me when I was his intern, you know, and everything. And he, he still kids me to this day about stuff that we yeah. used to, because he would always want to come in and take a picture out of the file. And I said, my, my boss at the time, I said, she'll kill me. That's the last color slide. You'll have to wait. Let me call the number in to ABC printing or whatever it was over there across the street. I said, I'll get your T-shirt for you to do your T-shirt. But you can't take the last one. She'll to kill me, you know. Huh. So, But it was fun back then. I tell you, we did have some good times. We were literally a part of country music history. We didn't even know it. Well, Precious, we're talking about these people having to endure these problems off the stage, and we talk about Nashville being a place where you can take anything and turn it into a song. I think I've just come up with my first number one song, and you're going to have to help me co-write it. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Inspired by what you were just talking about. The song is called Women Are Mean. Do you think that'll make it to number one? Hey, I got one that called, I got a song that Brandy Clark wrote called Crazy Women. Oh, well, everybody knows that, but women, I, they're just mean, precious, except for my mama, I, honey, of course. I know, I kicked out a couple out of my offices, they were mean. <laughs> we love women, don't get me wrong, no, no hate mail here, I'm just teasing. No, we but, do. But men can be kind of uh, hard to live with, too. Precious, thank you very much, it's not hard to live with you each and every week when you come on the Y'all Show, Precious Harris, Nashville Music Line, and we can't thank you enough, look forward to talking to you next week. 
Arnie, good to talk to you. See you next week, everybody. Bye. All right. Well, that will wrap up our Y'all Show today. Thank y'all for listening. We'll be right back here for a whole new Y'all Show on Thursday. we got a very special guest coming your way direct from Pensacola, Florida. It's the Frank Brown Songwriters Festival taking place in Escambia County, Florida. And we're going to have a very special guest from that festival. Come on. Speaking of music, man, there's some great artists. Oh, I can't wait to share who all is going to be there and how you can participate in this 35th annual Frank Brown Songwriters Festival in Pensacola. Oh, it's going to be fun. That's on Thursday. Plus, we'll have SEC news and the whole preview of Week 10 for the SEC. Speaking of Florida, over in Jacksonville this weekend, it's a little world's largest outdoor cocktail party game, Georgia and Florida. Woo, man. All that's coming on Thursday. You don't want to miss it. Thanks for listening to Y'all with John Rawl. Talk with a Southern accent. I'd love to hear more. Do you have a card? This is it. This is when you can either let something happen or make it happen with your professional custom card from Vistaprint. And we're now introducing free shipping on all business cards in any quantity. You pick the look, the style, and the statement you want to make in the moment. Now's the time to make something happen for your business. So for a limited time only, you can own the now with free shipping on all business cards in any quantity at Vistaprint.com. Just use promo code 1414. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1414. I want to keep my heart healthy, so I get my cholesterol checked regularly. And when my doctor told me my cholesterol was borderline, I found garlic. According to my pharmacist, there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. And one garlic tablet is equal to a whole clove of garlic, except it's odor-free. Yep, I'm doing what I can for my cholesterol, and I'm doing it with garlic. Garlic, cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed.